0: So happy Mother's Day. I just want to kind of start out today. uh, First of all, thanking you for praying for uh, myself and our family with uh, uh, COVID last week. Uh, I I have to say I felt fine most of the time. About a day and a half of crumminess and that was about it. And I couldn't be here because I was still in quarantine. Uh, So thank you, uh, Pastor Cheryl, for preaching an incredible sermon last week. That was awesome. You did a great job. So uh, that is so weird being at home and watching online and uh, listening to somebody else preach the sermon that you wrote. So, uh, but thank you, Pastor Cheryl, for doing that. I usually uh, don't preach for what the church considers a hallmark holiday. Um, I was asked this week if I needed any sermon ideas for Earth Day that was coming up. no. I don't, as a matter of fact, but since this is my first time in this role or the Mother's Day weekend, I thought I would give it a go here, but there's other reasons why I usually don't preach on holidays like this. It's not because I like to avoid difficult subjects, but I realize that this can be a very difficult day. I realize that this is a day that doesn't speak to everyone although all of us in this room have a mother. Some of us in this room never knew her. For some in this room, and those of you that are watching online, maybe your mom is no longer here. For some of you, this is the very first Mother's Day since she has been gone. And so I recognize that this is a day of, of hurt. This is a day of sorrow for you. For some, honoring your mom is not easy. She was less than perfect for sure. And for some of you, your mom was far from perfect. Some of you might even say that my mom was a bad mom. I'm sorry. For others, this Sunday is a reminder of a broken dream. You wanted more than anything to be a mom, but for whatever reason, that hasn't come to be. And so this day is difficult for you. Today is hard. And for those that come into this day with a trepidation about Mother's Day, I offer a way for you to celebrate this day in a different way. Because I imagine in a church like ours, there are people here that you can honor even if you can't honor your mom. That woman that you may be thinking of as your real mom, but she's the next best thing to you. So make today for her. And we recognize that there are people here that need you to be mom to them. Uh, Never be afraid to care and love like a mom does, even to somebody that is not your child. We need moms like that, don't we? So today we honor the person in your life that has played the role of mom, whether or not she is biological or whether she was adopted or inherited or just plays that role in your life. We are here today to honor moms when we want to thank all of the moms who have persevered and who have raised their kids because being a mom is a thankless job sometimes. On top of that, there's a lot of expectations to be able to do it all, to to be that super mom. They need to be a nurse. They need to be a doctor. They need to be a counselor. They have to be a caregiver. They need to function on little sleep. Moms are expected to get up before the kids and go to bed after them. And then if they're a single mom, they're expected to do all of that without help. No, wait. Um, I guess that's all moms are expected to do that without help. My bad. They're expected to do all this with a smile and a sweet attitude. See, being a mom is tough. I, I know many moms feel undervalued, unappreciated, and unrecognized. Sometimes it's even from your kids who don't recognize all that you do, it could be from your husband who doesn't appreciate all that you do, and it could be from society who doesn't value the role that you play being a mom. But listen to the ladies here today, let's just start by saying this, on behalf of all of the men that are here today, let me say, we are sorry. (laughs) In the words of Jesus, though, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. (laughs) That's very true about us, isn't it? We don't. There is so much in life that just passes us by that we are just oblivious to. And so we're sorry. Being a mom is hard. But even though it's hard, God has designed a mom's heart to be a reflection of what his heart is like. It's not that men aren't created in the image of God. They are, but we're going to see here how a mother loves and cares for her child is a mere image of what God does. Isaiah 66 verse 13 says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. See, God is already saying here at the very uh, beginning uh, here or in Isaiah that there's something special about how a woman cares for a child, whether that child is natural born, whether that child has been adopted or just somebody that that mom has become a mother to, the heart of a mom is to love. And so in honor of Mother's Day, I want to take a look at a mom's heart. I want you to turn with me to... Matthew chapter fifteen this morning. Matthew chapter fifteen. We're going to look at verses twenty-one through twenty-eight. If you're grabbing one of those pew Bibles that are right in front of you, one of those little blue uh, Bibles, it's page nine hundred forty-nine. If you want to cheat today, (coughs) Matthew is the uh, the first book in the New Testament. Matthew was written by a clueless dude that probably didn't honor his mom the way that he should. Matthew, if he had brothers and sisters, probably wasn't mom's favorite. There's a good chance that Matthew was the problem child. Uh, He most likely didn't turn out the way that his mother had wished. She still loved him, I'm sure, even though he was hated by most other people. Uh, Jesus loved him too. And in fact, Jesus found Matthew one day and said, I need you to start following me. So moms, this isn't part of the regular sermon. Maybe this is just a little bonus uh, for you. If the kids haven't turned out the way that you thought they would, be patient. Be patient. We never hear from her, but she's here. Matthew's mom, I believe, is speaking to To us today, although we have no idea who she is. Her son went from being the most hated person in town, the tax collector, to writing the first book of the New Testament. There is always hope. Never give up. So let's get back to what Matthew wrote. And uh, we're going to read this this passage and examine what a mom's heart looks like. Uh, Matthew 15, started verse 21 says leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus didn't answer Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let's bow our heads and just pray at the beginning here today. Lord, we know that this is kind of a difficult uh, and not often misunderstood uh, scripture. So we would ask, Lord, that you would just add your blessing to it today to help us to see the heart of this mom in this story. Lord, let us hear exactly uh, what you want us to hear today, and may you be glorified through it in your name. Amen. See, so we see this, this woman was a Canaanite woman. And Canaanites weren't very well respected by the Jewish people. In fact, they were even despised. Nobody liked the Canaanite uh, uh, people. But this mother's heart was for her daughter. And I want you to think about this for a moment. She was willing, she was willing to go to someone that she thought would despise her because she saw it as her only hope. And she was going to do whatever it took for her daughter. So one of the first things, if you're taking notes here, uh, the first thing we're going to look at is the mom's heart cares. In the face of being despised, in the face of the ridicule that she thought she might get, uh, she goes to Jesus because she cares greatly for her daughter her daughter is suffering and and you know this moms if your child is suffering then you are suffering as well right but notice what she says here to jesus she says jesus have mercy on me herself we might read this and think well why would she do that why would she ask for mercy upon herself was she being selfish I don't think so at all. I don't think that's the point of what she was saying. She cares so much for her daughter. There is such a great empathy for her daughter, this compassion for her daughter. Her stomach is twisted in knots. She feels her daughter's pain and anguish. And this mom is suffering right alongside of her daughter, even though she herself isn't demon-possessed. And I believe that God has designed mother's hearts this way. As someone who cares about us, even when it seems like nobody else does, we can always count on mom. We even have sayings that are generally recognized as true in our culture. When somebody is very unlovable, what do we tell them? Oh, you are somebody that only a mother could love. Right? Right? If somebody's ugly, what do we say? Oh, you got a face only a mother could love, right? Right? See, God has designed the heart of a mom so closely to resemble his own and that's his compassion and that's his care. And so when we look at this mother's love, it helps us to understand this is the type of love that God has for us as well. We see this again in Isaiah 49, verse 15. This verse says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion for the child that she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And this question is asked in such a way that we already know the answer. Can a mom forget her baby? No, she can't. We know that's impossible. And God is saying that my love is even stronger than that. And God has created the hearts of mom to be caring. And he uses them to describe what his care is supposed to look like for his people. Bottom line is the mom's hearts care for their kids. And this plays out in real life too. Who is it that when a child is sick or when they get hurt, who is it that they call out for? Right? I want my mom. I want mommy, right? Because it's a mom who is generally the person that expresses more care or at least care in the right way. It's not that dads don't care. It's not that we don't care at all. It's just that we're often stupid, right? And we get, don't get it. And we say something like, you'll be fine. Rub some dirt on it. Just get up. You'll be, you'll be good, right? Moms express care so much better than dads sometimes. So the heart of a mom is caring. We also see the second one here, that the heart of a mom, a mom's heart is discerning. Verse 22 says, my daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. She's discerning that the problem here is not her daughter. The problem is this demon that is, that is inside of her, and that is what's wreaking havoc in their family. I'm certain that this daughter, many people would say, is less than perfect. I'm sure that people that were observing this family worried about this kid, for this kid has caused all types of problems, It would be very easy to point at that daughter and say, she is the problem. It'd be very easy maybe for those parents to point at her and say, if she just wasn't around, life would be easier. If she didn't cause so much problems, we wouldn't be in so much turmoil. Sometimes I believe moms place the blame on themselves when the child is causing problems. But this mom here is discerning that the real problem, the underlying issue, isn't her daughter at all. She understands what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul wrote this, he said, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, here we have a mom who is not in battle with her daughter at all, although I'm sure if you observe this family, sometimes it seemed just like that. But here we see a mom who is fighting a battle against the spiritual forces of darkness. I know that there are moms here today that have that hurting child at home. Maybe you think that this child has been the cause of the heartbreak. Maybe the actions of this child that has affected your marriage in some way. And I know it's so easy to blame the child, but the first and the best route is always to through prayer. And let's battle the spiritual forces of evil that are the root of all of the problems. I'm not <clears throat> saying that your son or daughter is demon-possessed today. But I do know that in, our enemy, I do know our enemy hates every one of your kids. I know that. And he will gladly destroy them if it means that he can get to you. So let's recognize this morning where the real problem lies, just like this mom So the heart of a mom is caring, the heart of a mom is discerning, but also a mom's heart is helpful. In verse 25, (coughs) the woman came and knelt before him, Jesus, and said, Lord, help me, she said. Notice that this mom expends effort in order to get her daughter help. While she is discerning the problem and its cause, she's now going to do whatever it takes in order for her daughter to start getting help. See, I think at some point she had heard about Jesus and she had heard about who he was and she had heard about the things that he was, was doing. This story is also found in the gospel of Mark, which is the next book in the Bible this is what Mark wrote about this exact same mom in chapter 7, verse 25. Mark says, in fact, as soon as she heard about him, Jesus, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit, came and fell at his feet. She, she wanted to find the help that her daughter needed. She expended effort and was going to do whatever it took in order to be helpful for her her daughter. She probably didn't know what to do at first. She has been probably at wit's end for, for years, but it was on her mind when she, maybe she overheard some people talking about Jesus one day. And she had this idea of what she needed to do next and who she needed to turn to for help. And she heard about Jesus. What did she hear about him? Well, she probably heard that Jesus had been going around to all the other villages and towns and he was healing evil spirits. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus had healed many people of evil spirits from this exact same region where this mom was from. Luke tells the story in chapter six. We see once again that he was, Jesus was teaching And it says here, there was a great number of people all over Judea from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were cured. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured. This is who mom, this is who this mom needed to go see. See? This mom heard about Jesus, and when she heard, she was in the area, he's here, and she was going to do everything she could to make sure that she went and sought him out. She was willing to do whatever she needed to do to help her daughter. See, I know a lot of moms that when their child is sick and they go to the doctor, and maybe the doctor can't seem to figure out what's going on, what do they do? Does that mom say, well, stinks to be you so bad, so sorry right no mom does that right will that mother ever ever stop trying to find help for their sick child will that mom ever stop trying to find a cure for their sick child no hell itself could not come against that mom and make her stop nothing would I bet for the most part, that daughter, though, had no idea how much effort her mom was expending just to try to find her help, how much this her mom was risking just to go see Jesus. Often kids have no idea just what mom does for them. Moms don't help to get recognized, although It's nice to be recognized sometimes, isn't it? Moms are just helpful. But she not only sought to help, she persisted. She persisted in that help. That's because next here is a mom's heart is persistent. Verse 25, the mom came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, (coughs) she said. And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. See, here's a mom, here's a woman that is not going to take no from an answer, even from Jesus. There are few people in this world that would go to the links that this mom was willing to take. And if they run into a roadblock, she's just going to sit or try to find another avenue. Moms are like that. Now, some of us would look at this verse and and think that, whoa, Jesus is being kind of a jerk here, isn't he? I mean, Jesus is kind of being a little cruel here. Not only does he appear unwilling to help at first, but did he just really compare this mom to a dog? Let's look at what Jesus is saying here. There are two words in Greek for the word dog. One is used in a negative sense. And if they use that word, it means this mangy mutt that just runs wild in the street that no one likes. The other is the word that Jesus uses here. And this word is more of a sense of a a beloved family pet. And what he is saying here (coughs) is that his mission was first to the Jews. And it wouldn't be right to feed the pet dog the food that he has come to bring to the children. Now, if you know our family, we have three dogs. (laughs) One of them, uh, her name is Finley. She's a great Dane, stands about this high or so. We love Finley very much. We care for her, we feed her, but what we don't do is cook like chicken or steak and all those kind of things and feed Finley before we eat. We don't do that. Finley eats dog food, period. That's all she eats. There was the one time that Isaiah fed her a bunch of Skittles, but uh, for the most part, (laughs) she eats dog food. And this is basically what Jesus is saying to this, this woman. The woman takes no offense to what Jesus says at all, uh, but she's encouraged that Jesus didn't call her what she thought he might call her. She was expecting ridicule from him. She was expecting him to call him that, or call her that mangy street dog. But instead, he uses an analogy to call her a name. We still don't like it, but it means the beloved pet. And she understands this word. She she didn't come here looking for the children's food. All she wanted was a scrap from the king of kings. Just a little part. And she recognizes that this is all she needs to heal her daughter. And she is saying here, I get it. I get it. Jesus, I'm not asking for something that was meant for somebody else. I don't want to get in the way of what you meant for some others. But if there is anything left over, Jesus, that's enough for our family. See, this mom is so wise. She's telling Jesus, the world is watching you right now. And she's reminding him recognizing that he is bringing his news first to the Jews, but she's reminding him that what he has is also good enough for the Gentiles as well. And this this is really amazing, because by this she shows him just how great her faith in him actually is. And it may not be apparent to the Jews. It may not have been apparent to the disciples that day. But Jesus recognized that this woman has an incredible sense of faith. And so this leads us to the last thing I want us to see this morning. A mom's heart is full of faith. Verse 28. When Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. It's interesting to me here that Jesus, throughout all of the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, only tells two people that they have great faith. And neither one of them were Jewish, both were Gentiles. Both of them recognized that Jesus was the one with all authority. One of them is this Canaanite woman. The other is a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier. His story is in Matthew chapter eight. And he seeks Jesus's help one day to heal his paralyzed servant who was in pain. And both this Gentile woman and that Gentile centurion, that soldier recognize who Jesus is. And both of them have great faith in him. The centurion came to Jesus and said, I am not worthy for you even to come into my house. Just give a command and he will be healed. The Canaanite woman says, Lord, I am just a dog. I'm not one of the children of Israel. But what would be table scrap to them is more than enough for us. And I know that it would heal my daughter. See, both of these people were full of faith. But to be full of faith, two things have to happen. One, we need to recognize who we are in ourselves, that you and I are undeserving, we are unable, and we are unworthy. But second, we need to recognize who Jesus is, that Jesus is the all-powerful God of the universe who can do all things. As we recognize these two things and exercise our faith, our faith grows. And this is the legacy. Parents, that we get to pass on to our kids to have an impact on not only our family, but for the generations to come, our entire society through our kids. Above all else, to be able to pass along our faith to our children is the greatest legacy of any mom that they would want on Mother's Day. Any parent for that matter. But you have to have that faith first. You have to have that faith before you can pass it on. So my questions for moms and everyone else here and everyone watching from home is, do you have that kind of faith? Do you have a faith that is going to be passed on? Having faith like this woman's, do you have a heart for God, for who you have, a heart that cares? Do you have a heart that discerns? Do you have a heart that helps? Do you have a heart that persists? Do you have a heart that's full of faith? Do you have that kind of heart? And if you would say, I don't know if I do. Then go back to this question. How's your faith? Moms, do you recognize who you are apart from Jesus? Do you recognize that Jesus truly is God and that he loves you and he desires to pour out his peace? He desires to pour out who he is on you. Do you realize that he desires to pour joy out on your life? Maybe you're a mom that doesn't go to church, but today your family drug you here. Maybe you are here because your mom drug you here. And what she wanted for Mother's Day is for you to be by her in church. For whatever reason, it's not a coincidence that you're here today. It's not. God wants you today to either encourage you to keep growing in faith, or to begin, begin walking with him in faith. And maybe you're saying to yourself, Pastor, my faith has been pretty weak, been kind of rough go this past year. I don't think I have enough faith to grow. I don't think I even have enough faith to exercise today. I have good news for you. Seeing your life change or seeing the lives of your children is not dependent on the amount of faith that you have, but the faith that you do have just needs to be exercised. See, exercising your faith is trusting in Jesus. That's it. Trusting in Jesus is the only one that you can turn to for help. Trusting that Jesus is the only one with authority to really change things in your life. So today, if you're praying for someone else like this mom was, perhaps moms today, you're praying for your own children. Dads, this is for you too. Do you have faith like this mom did? Are you praying for somebody today? And even if you don't have kids today, uh, maybe you're not a mom or your dad biologically, but are you praying for God to move in the life of someone today? Anyone who needs the faith of this mom to pray. Anyone that has somebody that you are praying for. Anyone in this room. If you have somebody that you need to pray for Would you stand with me as we close? If you have anybody that you're praying for, stand with me today. And let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in prayer. We come to you today in acknowledging that you are the only one that can truly help us. And Lord, as a parent, As a friend, may I also declare that you help me when you help others. And so, Lord, today is a congregation that is standing before you. And in our minds, we have someone that we are are burdened for, someone that we are praying for, someone that we need to bring to your attention today. And Lord, as you look over this congregation and you look at all the people that are watching at home or on the road or wherever they are online, either today or even in the future, Lord, you are all knowing. And so we recognize that you know exactly who we're praying for today. (coughs) It, It may be our kids. It may be a friend. It may be somebody in this room. Lord, we would ask that you would do only what you can do. Just like this mom came to you in full faith that you were the one that could heal her daughter. We come to you today in the full faith, recognizing that you are the one that's in authority. And so, Lord, on your name, we declare that the enemy has no right to our kids. We declare that the enemy has no foothold in our friends' lives. We declare, Lord, that that is holy ground, that this motherhood, this fatherhood that is represented in this room today, that that is holy ground that you can work through. And so, Lord, may your blessing, may your strength, may your peace be on moms today as they care and help for their kids with a heart full of faith that you are the one, the only one that can truly make a difference. And so, Lord, we lift up all of those that we are praying for today. We place them into your hands with a heart full of faith, just like this mom. Recognizing that, Lord, even your slightest touch, even just the very beginning of you starting to work in their life is enough. What you can do is what no one else can do. So, Lord, touch the life of all of the names that are represented in this room. And we will give you all the glory, and all the honor. And we thank you, Lord, for showing up today on Mother's Day. But more importantly, we thank you for showing up in our family, for making a difference, for helping us because you care. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your wonderful and incredible name that we pray. And the entire church says together, amen. Amen. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. You're dismissed.